Good morning, this is Bryce Peterson, and you're listening to Actually You Can, episode 67, Mortals. Guess what? It snowed. I was running in it this morning. It was very slushy. I don't think it's going to stick, but it was kind of fun to get a little bit of white action in the yard, sprinkled about, a little bit of magic, if that's what you want to call it. I know some of us sort of like to have a, a white Christmas. There was even a movie about having a white Christmas. Is that kind of why we feel like we're supposed to have one? Because of that movie? Is that who started this whole thing? Bean Crosby and Danny Flippin' K? Anyway, we got a little bit, so that was fun. I'm not going to hold my breath for much more. I feel like the bulk of the snow the Salt Lake Valley is going to get this winter will probably come in late February, like it did last year. Good luck today, by the way, finishing up all of your last-minute Christmas preparations. If your My Little Pony collector set hasn't arrived by the end of the day, it wouldn't shock me if it doesn't get here in time. It's okay, though. You can still enjoy your My Little Pony set after Christmas. You might even enjoy it more. Any closet My Little Pony lovers out there? I know you're out there. I see you. It is fun combing their their hair with the little plastic comb that it comes with. I find it a lot more satisfying than combing the Barbie hair for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But that's just been my observation. Now, I don't know about you, but the whole Christmas vibe for me pretty much every year leaves me feeling kind of vulnerable. We try to pick out a nice, thoughtful gift, but there's a lot of decisions to be made all of a sudden for so many different people, at least the way it seems to work out for us. And you've got all your kids, got your siblings and their kids, and your friends and your neighbors, and then someone brings you something and you're like, crap, they weren't like 100% on my radar. Should we write their name down on a list and, and bring them something too? Oh kind of running out of what we were planning on doing and it just kind of feels a little bit awkward sometimes doesn't it i can either confirm or deny that such a list exists in our house and at the end of it all you just feel like well this doesn't really represent how i feel about the people in my life you know it just feels like it doesn't really quite represent it and you see movies about it and it crosses your mind to be like you know let's just not do christmas this year at all we're just let's join a religion maybe that christmas is not a thing and then we can have a reason not to be involved with it we'll be involved with our normal routine day in and day out religion but around christmas time we'll will say, hey, I can't really get involved because of my other religion that I'm a part of. And so you, you take the best of everything, right? Does anyone do that? I have really thought about doing this multiple times just so birthdays and Christmas I don't have to be involved. Those people are geniuses. Whoever came up with the religions that don't celebrate birthdays and Christmas, I just think that that is such a genius move. It's something that I would do if I started my own religion. That would definitely be on the list. Now, I'm not I'm not saying I I don't enjoy 
giving gifts. But it kind of stresses me out sometimes, okay? And don't lie, it stresses you out too. You're not fooling anybody. It's just all a little unnatural. Now, I like what the Christian world does with Christmas. I do. I, I like a specific time and place to, to focus on the, on the birth of Christ. I, I see nothing wrong with that at all. I like that. I think it's really good. And I think a lot of good things happen around the idea of Christmas and the sentiment of it all. Definitely buy into it that way. Let's face it. The fact that it has been commercialized should not be a surprise to any of us. And I don't feel terrible about it because I don't necessarily think that God intended for us to celebrate Christmas for the sake of Christmas. Like, I, I just, I do kind of follow that line of thinking that it, it's not part of our religious tenets in the church of Jesus Christ that you have to put all these decorations up and bring gifts to everybody and, and do all this kind of thing. Like, it's not like the fact that Christmas has been commercialized the way it has is, is defiling what God wanted Christmas to be. I mean, I, I just, I don't think that he ever <laughs> wanted us to do it. It's, it's not that he didn't want us to do it. He knew we were going to do it, but it just, I don't see any evidence in the scriptures that we were supposed to have Christmas at all. We were supposed to know about the birth of Christ. Prophets declared it repeatedly over centuries and millennia. It was always known it was going to happen. But as has been pointed out by many current day prophets, the whole point of his birth, of course, was so that he could be here and do everything that he accomplished as an adult in his ministry and accomplishing the atonement. But what I think is quite useful, and this really struck me this morning, really struck me this morning while I was out for my snowy run, and I was thinking about how I was feeling a little bit vulnerable about the gifts that we have prepped up and, and planned for everybody. I would love to do a lot more. I would. For all my siblings and friends and anyone that I know, I'd love to do so much more than I ever can. And it, part of it feels a little bit empty in a way. I got to thinking about what, what a real gift is. What represents something truly worth giving. In the Bible, we read about the wise men that were going to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The best of the world's bounty, if you will. The things that represented the most refined, spectacular novelties that the earth could produce. These would be presented. These would be a kingly gift for the Son of God. But what about the rest of us who cannot provide those things? And are those things useful to the Son of God? Does he really want those things? Do you know who felt way more vulnerable than any of us ever have was Mary and Joseph. Think about it. These were essentially very normal people from the perspective of the world. They're not in a high social strata. They don't have access to all the goods and resources that the elite had access to. And here Mary is presented with this information from the angel Gabriel that she is going to bear the son of the highest. And when it all comes down to it, she and Joseph are on the road away from home 
nowhere to stay, basically just the clothes on their backs and what little supplies they might be able to have with them. And these are the conditions under which she brings her holy child into the world. There is no way that she and Joseph did not feel like failures that night. That happened. There's no way they didn't feel that. There's no way they weren't thinking to themselves, oh, if we had planned this better, we would have been able to provide a much more suitable experience for Jesus. He's the son of God. He's the savior of the world. He is the king of kings. We have failed him. Why is it happening like this? Why is he being born amongst the animals? And Joseph probably just felt terrible about how it all went down. He wants to be a supporter and a caregiver to his wife, to the holy child that she's carrying. I mean, if, if I would have been in that situation myself, this would be very difficult mentally to, to navigate and to come to terms with that this is how it happened. You would have wanted so much more in that moment. So for any of us who feel like we just come up short, either sort of short or catastrophically short when it comes to wanting to provide the good things of the world for the people that you love, especially around Christmas. It really stands out at Christmas time because of the, the culture that sort of exists, the consumerism that you have to give, you have to, should impress, you should really convey that you were very thoughtful, really thought it out, got just the perfect thing for that for that loved one but none of the things that we can give to our dear ones no no worldly tangible item even if we had gold frankincense and myrrh whatever those things are that you feel like you would want to give does it really represent how you feel for that person what you really want for that person what was our father in heaven offering us when he gave his only begotten son to the world what actually shows that we love each other christ said it himself for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life his work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man i think about what this might have been like for Mary to be told that she was going to bring the Son of God into the world. This angel finds her and says, Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. This is all incredible information coming to Mary. And if I had to imagine, as she reflected on this over time, how am I supposed to live up to this expectation of this mighty individual that's going to be my child? And the angel further declares, that holy thing 
which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And then the angel departs. Now when she goes on to reflect on this more and more, and she visits her cousin Elizabeth, she says quite a few profound things. She says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. I can just imagine that as the time that was leading up to his birth, how often Mary would have reflected on this. And as Joseph is brought to understand the gravity of the situation, the same angel appearing to him, that they would have been doing all they could to prepare the best situation for Jesus. But limitations mortal limitations being what they are despite their best laid plans and we don't have information about what those may have been but the circumstances that affected them found them wanting and very vulnerable right at that moment when they would have wanted to feel secure and safe they were left with nowhere for her to deliver her child and yet it was the most glorious event to ever take place in the history of the world up to this point. It was declared by angels all over the world. In the new world, they were awaiting the birth of the Savior. They were told that there would be a day, a night, and a day, and that would be the day that he was born. The heavens rejoiced. Believers all over the globe fell down to the ground in astonishment to know that the Christ had come to the world and all that he was to accomplish was right around the corner. Mary and Joseph were mortals. They were like you. They were like me. But despite what they may have felt they lacked in ability and capacity, they facilitated the most incredible miracle. And they raised the Savior of the world and gave him a home and nurtured him and cared for him and did all that they could in their way to support his mission. Mortals can accomplish impossible things with God's help. We are going to continue to feel vulnerable in this world. Eventually, our work on this earth will be finished, and there will be nothing left for us to do here, but let the Lord decide how long we last. I'm so grateful to Mary and Joseph for being the examples of how to press forward and to do their very best to accomplish the important work that has been asked of them. We all have a labor to perform, like Mormon declared to Moroni, to conquer the enemy of all righteousness and arrest our souls in the kingdom of God. It is because of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are in a position to pursue that. He doesn't need our frankincense or our gold or our myrrh. I don't even know what frankincense or myrrh even look like, and I don't think I've ever seen any gold. I probably never will. 
He asks for us to give of ourselves, to offer a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and to none else can the ends of the law be answered. Merry Christmas. And that's it for now.